When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Leap year. That's the nothing personal word of the day. It is Thursday, February 29th, 2024. Can't start without saying happy birthday to two of my nephews. What are the odds of that? Nephew Ross turns seven today. Really, he's 28. And nephew Ryan turns three today. Actually, 12. Good math, everybody amazing. Not many people know anybody born on leap year. And I have two nephews out of a total of don't know the number of nephews I have. I'm sorry. So happy birthday to them. I wanted to give you two things. Leap year fascinates me because I was born February 26th, 1968. Three days of, you know, plugging a hole and I would have been a leap year baby. And it was always cool in my mind to be a leap year baby. So close. Two things you should know about leap year. Do you know why there's a leap year, Coca? Any idea? Do you care? Most people don't care. You know what a year is. It's the Earth and one run around the sun, one orbit around the sun. But what you may not have known is it actually takes 365 and a quarter days to make it around. So some genius said, we can't add a quarter of a day every year. That's absurd. Let's add no days for three years and then one day every fourth year. And then it'll all be even as though it really makes a difference in our life. Phew, thank God we're counting a year as a full orbit. We're doing it exact. It is the most insane thing. It causes you to learn a song 30 days, hats, September, April, June, and November, while the rest have 31 except February, which has 28, except leap years with 29. So that's the first thing. The second thing is people always forget, oh, this was leap year. Here's a way to do it that you'll never forget again. Every presidential election year is a leap year. Okay, now you know. So we're in 2024. There will be a presidential election in 2024. There will be a leap year in 2024. And today is that day. It's a really cool day if you have a birthday. I had a friend in high school, his name was uh, Jimmy Frischling. And to this day, he still, I don't get invited anymore. So I don't know, so that's funny. Acquaintance, friend, did some stuff post-college. He does leap year parties for himself because he's a leap year guy. So today he turns like, I don't know, 11. All right, something came out yesterday and I can't wait. I can't wait another second. The National Football League Players Association survey. Did you look at it? Did you click on your team to be really proud of the grades that your team got? Or did you look at it and say, this is absolutely ridiculous? Or even better, did you look at it and say, 
I don't even understand what this is. Well, let me explain. The NFL Players Association, that's the union, they get about 1,700 players. They survey them and they say, hey, what do you think about the strength coaches? What do you think about your team travel? How do you feel about your head coach, the food, the nutrition, the weight room? Tell me about your, tell me everything. And then the Players Association reveals the grades that every team gets. And then the specific grades that the individual categories get. MLB used to do some of those surveys. The players did. Magazines do these surveys. I want to take you inside my office. I'm running a team. I'm president. I'm responsible for everything. And all of a sudden, I see a union-backed survey. Your owner is an D. Your president's an F. Your family room is a C minus. Your food's an A minus. And I'd be sitting there. I'm making up these grades. And I'd be sitting there and I'd look at it. And here's what I wouldn't do. I wouldn't say, oh, let me spend money seeing if I can improve these areas so that the grades that the players give me can improve. If you want certain basic things, basic levels, standards, they go in the collective bargaining agreement. You don't like the food you're getting in the clubhouse? Bargain it. MLB players did, and all of a sudden there was a chef. You don't like that the weight room is smaller than 90 by 90? Bargain it. And this isn't me being management. This is me saying that these surveys where you are ranking people for the purpose, and they claim it's not, but that's horse hockey. The purpose is to embarrass teams. Shame them. Guess what? Guess who the second lowest graded team was? If you had like a, to imagine how this worked, would you think it's based on record? Would you think it's based on what you read about an owner, how old the facility is? Success on the field? I don't know. 1,700 players surveyed, top 32 answers on the board. Coming in at number 31, second to lowest graded team in the NFL. Ladies and gentlemen, your Super Bowl champion, Kansas City Chiefs. Coming in at number one. Get ready. I mean, who wouldn't have this team as number one? because of all the great success they've had, your Miami Dolphins. Because we're the Miami Dolphins. My, thank God, the owner, everybody else got a neck. Let me ask you, as a fan, do you look at this survey and do you say, oh God, I'm not gonna be a fan of the Chiefs anymore. This is just wrong, I cannot believe it. You know, I'm glad they won the Super Bowl. I love the fact that they win, but I really need a better children's daycare room. Just um, tell me, how you view this. And if you are the Hunt family and you're looking at this survey with the Kansas City Chiefs and you're going across with all their grades and you just see, right, it's right in front of you. Like there's nothing you can do about it. You look at, ready? I'm going to show this to you. You're going to laugh. It's pretty good.
I actually have this. You can click through it. It can take, we could take up the whole show going team by team, but I just wanted to give you certain things. Like, what do you think would be good if you're the Kansas City Chiefs? Just out of curiosity. Well, guess what? How about their treatment of families? B, weight room, C plus, team travel, F. Do you think the Kansas City Chiefs travel like the Cleveland Indians from the movie Major League? Do you think when they go into the training room where the training room gets a D plus, do you think that they've got to put an engine in the in a pond, in a puddle, in a bucket, and that's how they get their whirlpool? Do you know that in collective bargaining agreements, there are four, eight, six, nine. Do you know that in collective bargaining agreements, there are minimum standards required for certain things, including training rooms? Do you think that they look at this and they say, wow, I guess we better really do something about this because we want our players to be way more comfortable and way happier. We're going to invest tens of millions of dollars to get an extra weight room. Or we could call on players. Maybe Heath Bell's around. Maybe my friend Michael Morse is around. Miss you, Michael. You know I do. And they'll go right to the owner and say, hey, could you get me this machine and that machine? I really need this to prepare and that to prepare. And the owner says yes and drops 200 grand on stuff and your team can't win 81 games. Am I bitter? Yeah, I am. You think it's the quality of the weight room. Let's discuss this right now. I'm interested in rings. That's it, rings. I guess there's no correlation. Oh, I'm sorry. There is an inverse correlation between team travel, locker room, training staff, training room, food service, and winning. What about Josh Harris? I'm always curious how new owners do. Josh Harris walks in. Remember when Mark Cuban, Coca, bought the Mavericks and he became... God's gift to owners because he gave them all like PlayStations and in their locker room, he spent all this money. Now he's won a title, so he's been successful and he's sold his team and he's done, but he wanted his players to really have all the great creature comforts. I wonder whether the San Francisco Giants would get an F because they gave Barry Bonds a special chair in his clubhouse and everybody else had the same type of chairs. I'll never forget walking into the Giants clubhouse when he was there ever. And he had this like chair, this comfortable chair reclined. It was puffy. And then every other San Francisco giant just had a normal locker room chair. I wonder how that's good. Does that work well for chemistry? What are the grades there? Josh Harris. How did he do? He only got a B as an owner. Training staff F. Training room, F minus. Locker room, F minus. Food, D plus. Treatment of families, F minus. What does that mean? Let's get into some details. Oh, I guess you're supposed to pay for daycare and make sure that everybody can get food whenever they want and have someone take care of their kids. Uh, if you want your players to have their kids babysat for, no problem. The players pay for that. You don't supply babysitters. Do you, does that work at your work? Maybe it does in some of these new tech companies. Can you just bring your kids to work and say, excuse me, would you mind watching my kids and paying for it? Why am I worked up about this? I'm going to answer because it's not for the reason you think. 
I'm worked up because you've got the NFLPA with the new president. DeMarie Smith is gone. It's now J.C. Treader. You know that. He commented about the Kansas City Chiefs specifically saying, I think there's some frustration coming back that, hey, we keep winning Super Bowls and nothing's coming back to us. Okay. Then they sent out their underling, a guy named Lloyd Howell, the underling to Treader to say, to me, this is not a shaming exercise. We want to highlight teams that are doing well, but highlight areas for improvement. Interesting. Oh, he's the executive director who replaced Marie Smith. Excuse me. Who's J.C. Treader? Oh, he's the, uh, did I just have it wrong? He's the president. And Marie Smith was the executive director. All right, do you want to just wipe that? Can we just say that I got it wrong and corrected it and move on? Lloyd Howell is the executive director who replaced Marie Smith. Thank you. All right, ready? Four, eight, six, nine. The NFL PA survey is exactly a shaming exercise. It exactly is used to try to put a division between players and front office and players and ownership. Anything that is done by the players union is by definition slanted, just like anything that's submitted by the league is equally slanted which is why if you want an actual accounting of what's happening in your league, you get a neutral third party from nothing personal. You know that these things rarely exist because they hire Samson and Coca, but you get a company that's approved both by the union and by management, like the arbitrators and arbitration. Arbitrators aren't chosen just by the union or just by owners. They have to, they'll lose their job after a year if they're too pro owner or too pro player. Of course, there's possession arrow that happens in baseball arbitration, but that's part of life. The NFL is furious about this survey. And the reason I know this is they don't often want to make public things that are going on that are negative. But as you know, the commissioner has to defend owners. So they sent out a spokesperson. It's not Roger Goodell. They sent out the NFL spokesperson, Brian McCarthy. Listen carefully. Strike that. This is a podcast. Oh, no, you can listen to my voice. Not watch it on Nothing Personal with David Sampson YouTube channel. Go check it out. Listen to this quote. We look forward to getting the opportunity to review the union's questionnaire and the data supporting it after it's released to the media. Get ready, because if you think that was passive aggressive, we've just we've only just begun, Carpenters. When we first learned of the survey yesterday, we took the opportunity again to invite the union to join the NFL in a rigorous and wait for it, third party scientific based survey, as we have previously done and is mandated by the collective bargaining agreement. You think the NFL is getting along with the union right now? You think it's all rainbows and unicorns because of all the great revenue, salary cap going up 30 million? You think the players are sitting there with management? Kumbaya, my Lord. They hate each other. Just like every management and workers. Union, always. 
oh, I have such great respect for our management. Our team owner got an A. Your team owner got an F. What a bunch of poppycock. This statement by the NFL is really something. And why do I say that? Because guess what? This is a major problem. These surveys that the NFLPA likes to send out every year because it gets teams now needing to respond because you, the fan, are looking at this one-way survey that is that is absolutely ridiculous. We don't know anything about it. What's the, what are the controls? How does it work? What's mandated by collective bargaining? What's not? Don't know when the NFL B, uh, NFLPA sends something out. It forced the Buccaneers to release a statement saying, we value the NFLPA report and input from our players that it provides. The feedback will allow us to examine, address, and improve many areas of our operation. They won a damn Super Bowl a couple of years ago. Oh, David, it's not just about that. I want you to go inside a player negotiation during free agency. Well, thank God. What's the name of that player with the Chiefs? He just won a Super Bowl ring, Coke, and he just got released. I think he's got two names, and they're saving like $12 million off the cap. I wonder if he is completely ecstatic. I don't, uh, Valdez Scantling, thank you. I wonder if he is jumping for joy. Thank God I'm off the Chiefs because they've got the worst family room in the business. And by the way, that training room pfft, stinks. I want nothing to do with the Chiefs. Phew. The Buccaneers, we hold ourselves to the highest standards as we strive to be first class in everything we do. Stop it. I wonder when you're negotiating. What about Patrick Mahomes when he negotiated with the Chiefs? Do you think he looked at the survey and he said, survey says D minus. I'm going to want 10 extra million dollars because I've got to pay for my own babysitters and I'm going to bring my own food to work. I don't like this cafeteria and I can't be in shape. Look at my great body. The reason I'm a little soft around the midsection is our training staff is horrible. Oh, $400 million. Oh, okay. I'm in. What's, what are we, what are we doing here? Are we trying to get all teams? When you do surveys, do you think it's possible that there will be a time in the NFL when they'll do a survey when all 32 teams will get B plus or above? You don't think that it's incumbent upon the union to make sure that there are teams with Fs and Ds so there can be upgrades done so they can show? I like it. If I were going for a new stadium the way Josh Harris is, I would go right to the politicians and say, hey, look at me. I'm a D. I'm an F. We need a new stadium. Or does Josh Harris say, I'm putting $75 million into FedEx Field. I better get a better grade next year. Oh, that's right. I'm only putting in the $75 million in order to get more money from fans, not to make players more comfortable. Do you know what the return on investment is of putting money into where only the players use? Zero. The number of players who don't sign with you because they don't like your family room or they don't think your weight room is big enough? Zero. The amount of money you can get back when you put extra money into premium areas, significant. People just have to think about this in a slightly different way. That's not all that Josh Harris was dealing with yesterday. I wonder how that call goes. Hey, Josh, sorry, this survey came out. You're a first year owner. Just so you know, I mean, don't make yourself crazy. 
but I just want you to know that we got an F minus in the treatment of families. God damn it. What did we do? I want to treat our families great. Let's show Mulan Rouge during games. Let's make sure we've got a ratio of one sitter to one kid. We'll pay the 20 bucks an hour. Let's give every family an extra three tickets and let's give a suite to our most best, nicest players. Josh, you know you only got a B. You're a middle of the road owner. I haven't even started yet. How could I be a B? And what's with team travel? F, what do you want me to do? Get a nicer first class plane? You want better food? What about Chick-fil-A on the plane? I'm worked up on this Coke. You shouldn't have got me started. I wasn't going to lead with this. I mean, I could do this all day, all day. Going team by team. The weight room's a C. That's why the commanders didn't win games and they were uncomfortable. Maybe, maybe the commanders will be better if they get a new stadium. Did you see what happened? I told you yesterday about the 75 million, just as an FYI. In case you think that they only do new stadiums in Miami for baseball teams, obviously not. Buffalo Bills, billions of dollars of public money. This is totally normal. There's a fight going on now. It's the greatest when you can have neighborhoods all wanting you in the same market. It would have been the equivalent of Fort Lauderdale and Palm Beach and Miami wanting to build Marlins Park. Talk about heaven on earth. As it is, we had no one to negotiate against because Fort Lauderdale and Palm Beach said no. So it was just Miami, hard to get leverage. It's either you or nobody. Now the city, they're worried in DC, they're worried. They're gonna lose the capitals and the wizards to Northern Virginia, even though the Northern Virginia public financing is dead for now, even after Ted Leonsis press conference announcing it was done. That goes on our list of, pre of premature speculation. Guess what? It's not FedEx Field anymore. Do you remember all the fighting Daniel Snyder's partners did when they sued him and they wanted to sell? And one of Daniel Snyder's partners was Red Smith, the seat chairman of FedEx. And they were threatening to withdraw their sponsorship and threatening all sorts of stuff. Then Snyder sells. And then FedEx says, hey, just FYI, see you later. They have said to Josh Harris, we no longer want to be associated with your team either. FedEx Field is no longer FedEx Field. The commanders just lost tens of millions of dollars in sponsorship revenue. Let's see. That's why the nutritionist and dietitian only got a B minus. They would have gotten a B plus, but they lost tens of millions of dollars that they could have used to improve the food cafeteria D plus. So FedEx Field is going to get a new name. They bailed. You know why they bailed? They had two years left on their deal. They don't want to be associated with the crap that is FedEx Field. What's worse when you do something on time when it positively absolutely has to be there overnight? Why they want to be associated with Castaway? Not exactly positive. Although not here, but in, where else I record, You've, you may have seen the FedEx box from Castaway. But still the whole plane crash thing with stuff washing up on shore. Not ideal. Not ideal at all. 
FedEx field with all the pictures of all the sewage and all the leaking. Not great. I wonder who Josh Harris is going to get. I don't know. All right. Coca, it's time. We're going to toss to break now. But during the break, in the break, we have a special treat for you. Yesterday for a thousand, I went on Lebitard and Chris Cody and Yeti Blanc made a video and a song just for nothing personal. It's the nicest thing Metalark's ever done for nothing personal. Maybe the only thing Metalark's ever done to nothing personal. Chris Cody, you're talented. Yeti, so are you. Please enjoy it and we'll be back. We love you, we've got you, we've all got each other. Let's go right now. One, two, three, Brett. One, two, three, Brett. Why am I sitting in a ball glove chair? You're the strangest guy alive. <laughs> Sold a team for about a billion dollars. You, you're not for me, Clive. It's all business, nothing personal, honey. I'm cashing in on this podcasting money. It's time to celebrate 1,000 episodes where I tell you to wait to see. <laughs> oh, as I'm running through the tall skyscrapers, got some news that made me go pee pee. There's a new show in town, Papa Tori finds out, and I'm seething with a jealousy. Just put me in the main show feed. What's the problem with the movies that I'm seeing? Yeah, that Burke is out of touch. I find it hard to have human feelings And you fear dogs a bit too much Dan Levitard says I'm made out of wires The word of the day is short-selling buyers It's time to celebrate 1,000 episodes Where I tell you to wait to see Are you gonna download another 1,000 episodes? Well, I guess I'll have to wait to see that really doesn't feel like a celebration of David <laughs> Sampson or his thousand episodes. He does like the song, though. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome back. Dan got that wrong in his Nacho Libre costume. It was just very distracting staring at his nipples the entire segment. But I would say that uh, I do like the song and I did appreciate it. Thank you, Chris. Thank you, Yeti. Welcome back. Today is Thursday, February 29th, and we are reviewing each Thursday. I still watch a movie every day, no matter what time of day or night. But every Thursday for the last many weeks and for the next tens of twenties of weeks, so this is going to take a total of almost two years. We're going to review one movie from my top 100. And we randomly pick a movie each year, thanks to the each week, thanks to the help of one of our listeners, Thelma and Louise. I would love for you all to watch the movies in my top 100, just for better, for worse. These are movies that many of you have not seen, you may have heard of, but in general, they feel old to you. 
But these are classic movies. Now, notwithstanding that we shouldn't be watching Susan Sarandon movies because she is, I'm not happy with Susan Sarandon at the moment, but she and Gina Davis get together and they did what was the first and best and to this day, the greatest female buddy, female empowerment movie of all time. There are iconic scenes. The last scene of Thelma Louise, it's not a spoiler. The movie is 30 years old, but I won't say it. Maybe it's more than 30 years old. The final frame of Thelma Louise is used today in popular culture when you grab someone's hand or when you say, should we Thelma and Louise? It's like a verb. There are women who are not treated well by men and they decided, you know what? I don't need to wait for me too. I don't need to wait for permission. I am going to take control right now. I'm going to say that you better respect me. It's sort of like I'm woman, hear me roar, a little Helen ready. I found it to be, I rewatched it this week. It didn't lose one message. None of it fell flat. None of it felt old. Obviously, Gina Davis and Susan Sarandon look younger because they are, but that shouldn't distract you. People in movies freeze in time all the time. I would ask you to watch this movie. And, and I know I ask a lot of you, I asked you to watch Shawshank Redemption last week, but I promise you that it will help you discuss things with your family, with your kids. There is an opportunity to learn something, to be entertained. This is one of the most important movies ever made. And that's not overblowing it. Thelma and Louise. It's not like Lethal Weapon. It's not Mel Gibson and Danny Glover. It's not a buddy cop movie. This is a movie about women. Important. Please watch it, Thelma and Louise. All right, let's go on to the random number generator. You'll see it on screen right now at the Nothing Personal with David Sampson YouTube channel. And what we do is we have this great document on all the things in yellow or movies we've reviewed, all the green or movies we have left to review. Hit it, Coca. Oh, what number is that? Number 37, Sound of Metal. That is a current movie. That is a, this is, oh God, I'm blanking Coca. Rami, Rami, I can't think of his last name. This is an incredible movie. I get to watch it this week. All right, it's Sound of Metal. It's ranked number 37. And I just can't remember the star. Riz Ahmed, thank you. I just watched a movie yesterday with Rami Youssef, which I can't think of. I really have a problem. I wonder whether that I'm having some sort of brain cloud, like a Joe versus the volcano type of thing. Is there a Ryan Youssef in Poor Things? Coca by any chance, spoiler alert, I watched Poor Things and we're gonna review it really soon, like next week, because tomorrow I've got a review. It is, yes. Sometimes I remember things in weird ways. All right, let's move on to the next thing because we're not gonna let this, we're not gonna get away. We have a problem in baseball. You, you know, we've talked about the, the situation with this off season. And I've explained to you why Scott Boris's free agents haven't signed. Then when Cody Bellinger signed, I explained why Cody Bellinger had to agree to a three-year $80 million deal. 
and why Boris is the one who blinked. We had a whole show in the last five or 10 days where the word of the day was blinked. There was a press conference yesterday introducing Cody Bellinger. Weird. Why do you introduce a player who was on your team last year? Here's why. When Scott Boris has a free agent who signs, even if he re-signs with the same team, he demands a press conference. And as a condition of his player signing with you, Scott Boris demands to be at the dais of the press conference. There is not one other agent who demands it. Here's the problem. We give in. I had such an argument with our owner, Jeffrey, at the weigh-in Chen press conference. Why do we have to give in? Why does Scott Boris have to be there? Why do we empower him? David, we need the player. Let's get the player. Let's not make him upset. There's no reason to. The baseball people said the same thing. Just let it go. Don't let it bother you. But what about all the other agents we don't invite to the dais? They can come to the press conference, sit in the front row, sit next to the family, and we'll acknowledge you. When it's my turn to make remarks, I'd like to welcome so much John Cottost into our team. And thank you so much to his agent, Dr. Seuss, who got this done for us. There he is in the front row. Smile for me, Doc. But no, Scott Boris has to be at the table. It's infuriating, and I am guilty. Hi, my name's David Sampson, and I've added to this problem. I always worry what Boris is going to say, and this year, we have a real situation. How do you think Scott feels that he had to get Bellinger on an opt-out deal, on a pillow deal, on a Correa deal when he promised him $200 million? You think Scotty feels good? No, no. Scotty worried about Scotty's reputation of over-promising and under-delivering, which is, of course, his specialty. But he's got more players out there. Montgomery, not signed. Blake Snell, mm, not signed. Matt Chapman, still not signed. What's the date? It's leap year, baby. If you're going to the Dodgers and Padres, you better hurry. Opening game, 20 days. Month from yesterday's MLB opening day for every other team, the other 28 teams. So Scott Boris has to explain. He's got to let you know why his guys aren't signed. And he did something yesterday that is going to cause a real problem for you, the fan. He said... There are variables. Now, why did he talk? I, let me get into that. When we do a press conference announcing a player, guess who doesn't get to talk? The agent. When Boris is at the table, we do not want Boris to say anything. What we can't control is when the media asks the player a question and the player says, hmm, let me ask my agent to please answer that. I can't very well stand up in the middle of the press conference from where I'm sitting at the table and say, no, no, shut his mic off. We're done here. Bellinger was asked whether he was okay with his contract, whether he expected anything else. And he said, hmm, let me look to Scotty Boras and see what he says. And then the wheels came off the wagon. There are variables. We have some irregularity going on in this current market. Do you know what that is? What he's saying? Read between the lines. He's alleging collusion. 
He's saying the reason why his players haven't signed is the irregularities. That's a word of art. He purposefully chooses his ridiculous words and his ridiculous analogies. You think he said that on purpose? Damn Skippy, he did. We have close to 11 teams that are spending less money than they did a year ago. Hmm. I wonder why that is. He said there's record revenues in baseball. Why would any team's payroll be going down? Hmm. Let me think. Oh, because team revenues are down because they don't know what their TV revenue is, which is the biggest part of their revenue pot. Huh. I can't imagine why there's a correlation between the Texas Rangers not necessarily wanting to spend money because they don't know what the hell is going to happen for TV going forward. I can't imagine why that's the case. I wonder whether or not the San Diego Padres, that ridiculous team that Boris, you said was keeping Soto and I told you was trading Soto. They're getting their ass kicked. They're losing tens of millions of dollars. Oh no, sign Snell back. Boris said, I have to prepare Cody that this is what they're going to do. The likelihood of you getting what players with your skill set normally get is not going to be there. Another sentence that is introducing a possible grievance from the players union. And then of course he went into his ridiculousness. Free agency is like a turkey and a thermometer. You have to go in, see what the temperature is and evaluate it. Yeah, that's you, Scott, sticking your thermometer in places that it shouldn't go. Because if you did stick it in the right place and pulled it out, you'd be very aware of what the scenario is. You'd know that what you're asking for Bellinger was unrealistic. You think the teams colluded against giving Cody Bellinger $200 million? Or do you think teams said, why would we give Cody Bellinger $200 million when he was the single worst player in baseball only a year ago? the year before last. The thing is, when you make statements like this, the commissioner's office sits at attention. It's not like me before we start recording. They don't sit back. It's like me during a show where I'm completely at attention. Why? Because the C word is the dirtiest of words in an industry where there is going to be what may end up as the toughest negotiation in the history of the sport coming up in the next two years. How does this end? What is going to happen? Well, wait to see when I tell you that something's going to happen. And we always revisit them. Those I get right, those I get wrong. That's why you're loyal to nothing personal, because all these other shows just spew, they throw shit against the wall, and then forget they even said it. Oh, I didn't mean that. MLBPA is going to file a grievance over this offseason free agent activity. Wait to see. And I don't say that lightly. The reason why MLBPA would file a grievance, I want to talk about how grievances work. You don't necessarily file a grievance that you think you are going to win. You file a grievance so that you can draw attention to an issue and then make that issue part of collective bargaining. Part of collective bargaining always includes settling outstanding grievances. MLBPA files grievances all the time. They number them. So the first grievance filed of 24 is 2024-1. When they have a grievance about a player being sent down when they shouldn't be sent down or a grievance about a bad food room. <laughs> Your food room stinks. We're filing a grievance. Your plane isn't nice enough. 
Our survey says you got a D minus. No, this is serious grievance. When you file grievances against teams because their payrolls are too low, that is something that's taken seriously by baseball. It has to be dealt with. An official grievance that's filed has a formal path that it has to take. It's not just Boris speaking into the wind during a press conference or during a press avail. An official grievance sets off a string of events that leads to tension and problems between parties which negotiate. So I thought about this long and hard this way to see because I don't want a grievance like this filed because it will be yet another data point toward what I'm afraid will be a labor stoppage after this current agreement ends. But I owe it to you. The way you give me 45 minutes of your time every day, I owe it to you to tell you what I'm really thinking about things and what I really think is going to happen. So Coca, it's official. Wait to see MLB files grievance over off-season free agent activity. Notice I didn't say the C word in that. And the grievance will not have a C word. It will just be the I word. Where have we heard that before? Irregular goings on. Irregularity. Thank you, Scotty Boras. Welcome to Chicago, Cody. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. The Cubs really got better giving you the $80 million. No doubt about it. Nothing. Personal pick of the day. Yesterday, Coca and I had the opposite side of a game. That'll teach you, Coca. I had the Mavericks giving three to the Raptors. Coca had the Raptors getting three from the Mavericks. I told you that Mavericks by three would be the only way everybody's happy. Except I don't want to push. I want to win. The Mavericks beat the Raptors. Do you remember what Coca dropped on you yesterday? Talking about that ridiculous pizza party. Hey, the Raptors have won three in a row. They got a pizza party. They're hot. And the Mavericks had a crushing loss to the Cavaliers on Max Strauss's 41, uh, 59 foot shot to end the game. And I said, it's a bunch of horse hockey. It doesn't much matter. Mavericks are a better team. Luke is only 25 years old. And then the Mavericks won and Coca texts me or he calls me, I don't remember which it was. And he said, dang it, David, I forgot that birthday power overpowers pizza party power. Cause it was Luca's 25th birthday and Luca went off. He got a triple double, although that's what he does. It was like his 11th triple double of the year. So Coca's 0 and 1 retired. I'm 27 and 29. What do we got tonight? The Heat are H-O triple T. Who's excited about that? Somehow they find a way to do it. I wonder what the Heat survey is. Survey says Mickey Arison. How do you not get an A if you're Mickey Arison? They get free cruises, don't they? The Heat are hot. They've had an incredible run. I don't know how they do it. The, the sum, there's something about Pat Riley and Spolstra and Nick Arison and Mickey Arison. The sum is always greater than the parts for the Miami Heat. And there's so many teams where the sum is lesser than the parts. And you wonder how a team with these players can only win 40 games. Somehow the Heat just do it. The Heat are playing the Nuggets tonight. The trend is not my friend. Nuggets, four and a half over the Heat. We are going to say that the Heat winning streak is going to end. That is the nothing personal pick of the day. All right, before we go, I wanted to just give you three minutes on a topic that we covered on Levitard yesterday. And I wanted to get a few things out that I couldn't. 
if you go back and listen to my appearance on the local hour, we talked about Wendy's and dynamic pricing and how the fast food chain is now starting in 2025 dynamic pricing, which means when it's busy or there's other scenarios where there's a heavy flow of people or bad weather, which causes fewer employees to show up, the price of their items is going to increase. And the Levitard folks were furious. How can you gouge? They called it price gouging. I spent all day thinking about this. Dynamic pricing is not price gouging. And the reason I gave on the air yesterday is that dynamic pricing is actually the true intersection of supply and demand. Because if you put your Wendy's Frosty up to $10 and no one buys a Frosty, the price will then go down to $9 and then we'll go down to $8. Oh, everyone's buying it again. Let's try $8.40. And you can continue to do that automatically through a computer by second, you can adjust the pricing where it's possible that in a drive through line, the person in front of you is paying $8 for the Frosty. And by the time you order the Frosty, it's $7.70 or it's $8.50. And you're saying to yourself, that's not fair. And I say to you, look left, look right on an airplane. Look left, look right at a hotel. Look left, look right in your classroom. Look left, look right in your business. Look left, look right at your house. There's different prices everywhere for everything. You use comps when you're buying a house. You use comps when you're negotiating a salary. You try to get the best deal you can for a hotel, but you know that room 619 on the sixth floor is a different price than the person in 621. You know when you're on a plane, you don't know what that person paid next to you. That is always how it's going to be. It only makes sense that now that's the case in the food industry when you can now invest money in digital boards. The irony is that the only reason we learned this about Wendy's is they had to announce on their earnings call that they're investing in digital boards and they're trying to start dynamic pricing in 2025. You obviously need digital boards. You're not gonna send out Napoleon Dynamite to bring out the six and put in the eight every time they need to switch. That wouldn't be very dynamic. When it's digital, it, ow, it can switch on a snap, on a dime. If you are uncomfortable or unhappy with Wendy's doing dynamic pricing and you're no longer going to go to Wendy's, you're going to go hungry because this concept is not going away. You think all the hubbubaloo, hugabaloo, all of the loud noise about how upset people are that Wendy's is doing this? Do you think the board is sitting there and the president of Wendy's saying, oh, my bad, we're not doing that. No, no. The other fast food companies, all the other digital menu companies are saying, hmm, how can we take advantage of this? True supply demand. Wendy's not going anywhere. Why? It's just business. Happy 365 and a quarter. We'll be back tomorrow. This is nothing personal. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community and of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. 
New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live.